This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one-year anniversary. That's right, one year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30-day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30DAYSFREE. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Forbidden Knowledge Podcast. Thanks for joining us this evening. I see everybody was already chilling in the chat room for quite some time now. Uh, welcome to the, uh, the, the the talk tonight. It's going to be an amazing talk. I'll be talking about the secrets of the halls of a mentee, and that's uh, information that's coming out of my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. If you don't know about it, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. It's a bestseller in five countries. Uh, just a couple of days ago, it was actually number two on the bestsellers list on Amazon. Okay, number two. The only book that was ahead of me was Graham Hancock's book. Uh, so that's an amazing achievement because Graham Hancock, he's been around for a long time and he has dozens of books out and numerous bestsellers. So uh, amazing. Uh, so tonight we're going to be, I'll be reading directly from the Emerald Tablets tonight, the compendium of the Emerald Tablets, and giving you a little bit of a synopsis and some breakdown, showing you a couple of quick, short video clips and some photos and talking about um, the, you know, the halls of Amenti that I stumbled across in Egypt. So it's going to be an amazing talk tonight. Um, thanks for joining. Please, everyone, don't forget to click the like button. Click that like button. It helps get, get the algorithm going. And also, please, if you can, share this link with as many people as you know. It's going to be a good talk tonight. All right. So the Emerald Tablets, what is that? Well, the Emerald Tablets is a writing authored by Thoth himself. Thoth, known as the Atlantean Priest King. That's what he called himself. He called himself an Atlantean Priest King. 
and he ruled over the ancient land of Kem for 14,000 years. Not according to me, according to the ancient Egyptians. It's etched into their stones. It's etched into their hieroglyphs. It's etched into their texts. Uh, Thoth ruled for 14,000 years. One person, one man. Now, I do mean man. He's not a god. Uh, and he never actually proclaimed himself to be a god, which is why I studied this this gentleman so um, so strongly. Uh, and because he actually had opportunities to proclaim himself to be a god. But what he told the people was, hey, don't pray to me. I'm a son of Atlantis and I'm here to help you. So you see, there's good and evil and everything. There's good and is evil. He happens to be one of these good entities that literally was here to truthfully work with mankind and help mankind get to the next level, bringing knowledge and wisdom. The word thought comes from his name, thought, thinking thought, right? Uh, also, when he ruled over the land of Cam, he called it Cam, and that's where alchemy comes from and chemistry comes from, the ancient land of Cam, which we now know as, uh, in modern terms, Egypt. That name came much, much later uh, in, in time, but in, in the early days, in super antiquity, deep antiquity, it was called the land of Chem. One of the highest civilizations that ever rose came out of the land of Chem, and then it was destroyed along with all the other high civilizations on Earth by a great flood. They call it the deluge. And this deluge happened approximately prior to thirteen, prior to 36,000 years ago. And in the uh, Emerald Tablets, both picks up where the flood waters are beginning to reside and a few generations had gone by in this particular region on Earth, whereby the people had gone from a high level of technology all the way back to living in caves again. So by the second, third generation, you know, that's what happens when uh, when everything is torn apart and blown away and destroyed. Uh, and then you just have a, a handful of survivors trying to cling on and try to remultiply all the, the information and the wisdom. A lot of it gets lost. That's why mankind is truly a species walking with amnesia, all right? So we're going to talk about the Emerald Tablets today. We're going to talk about the Halls of Amenti. I'll, read, I'll be reading directly from my book, Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, the bestseller, bestseller in five countries. And I'm not bragging when I say that. I'm trying to let you know that we are living in the age and the time where this information is made directly for the people of this era. This information that was written Tens of thousands of years ago, encoded with wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and also advanced technology, was written in the, for, for a time when mankind would rise to the level that we are right now today. We have now reached the precipice of being able to even begin to understand, conceive, digest, discern, and break down information that was written tens of thousands of years ago. A lot of time had to go by for us to get to this point. A lot of, a lot of time, all right? So it's pretty cool. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the Emerald Tablets, and uh, I'm going to start off in tablet uh, tablet number one, Emerald Tablet number one. That's the name of my chapter, and it's the history of Thoth, the Atlantean. I want to break down a couple things before I advance further into another chapter, uh, which is the chapter... Let me get here to this chapter, get it lined up right now. I mean, I'm not going to read the full chapter, but I'm going to go into uh, Emerald Tablet 2, which is the Halls of Amenti. Okay. <clears throat> so let me go on from here. 
and give you a little breakdown because I want to get into where he's talking about these halls of a mentee. Then I'm going to show you some things. In this chapter, I will establish the true source of the teachings of Jesus. It appears that most of his biblical teachings and statements come directly from the Emerald Tablets. This also points to the possibility that Jesus may be Thoth or the son of Thoth. Think about that for a minute. Think about that. The 4th century Greek historian Herodotus records one of history's first, uh, first four guides to the ancient and to the Greeks, Mysterious Egypt. This I have actually seen, a work beyond worlds. For if anyone put together the buildings of the Greeks and display of their labors, they would seem lesser in both effort and expense to this, to this labyrinth. Now, what is the labyrinth that he's talking about? Okay, Herodotus is talking about a labyrinth that was built underneath the Great Pyramid, where he's referencing here. These are called the Halls of Amenti. Now, there were several Halls of Amenti. Thoth had his own, and he built his, according to himself, underneath the Great Pyramid. Well, guess what, guys? <laughs> they found him. They found the Halls of Amenti. They actually found these halls. Let's see if I can get this in the pick here. That's a pick right here of these halls, a rendering of them or a sketch of them, what they discovered a few years ago underneath the Great Pyramid at Giza, extending out underneath the Giza Plateau approximately one mile. Hundreds of halls, hundreds, exactly what Thoth said they were. Of course, the technology has been removed in this time and era, but nonetheless, the halls of Amenti were discovered and found down there, and they were known at the time of Herodotus. <clears throat> Even the pyramids are beyond words, and each was equal to many and mighty works of the Greeks, yet the labyrinth surpasses even the pyramids. That's how incredible this labyrinth, this underground labyrinth is, surpasses even the great pyramids, according to Her uh, Herodotus. Let's see what Thoth has to say about the halls of Amenti in this opening scene in the Emerald Tablets of Thoth that he wrote himself. I, Thoth, the Atlantean, master of mysteries, keeper of records, mighty king magician, living from generation to generation, being about to pass into the halls of Amenti. He's talking about getting ready to descend into the halls of Amenti, not so he can die, but so that he can actually live. And I'll explain what he means. These records of the almighty wisdom of great Atlantis set down for the guidance of those that are to come after. In the great city of Kior, on the island of Undal, in a time far past, I began this incarnation. He's talking about his ability to consciously decide when to incarnate. He incarnates at will. As a matter of fact, in the Emerald Tablets, he says he incarnates on and in the plane he desires. We're talking about planes, plane meaning dimensions. So he can incarnate in different densities, even. This is a skill that takes true uh, a true ascended master and true understanding of the physics of the universe, which, according to him, he has obtained. Pretty interesting. 
In these passages, this is my this is my commentary. In these passages, we can see already that the tone is set for reincarnation and regeneration. Very similar to this biblical statement in 2 Corinthians 5, 2 and 7, 2 through 7. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put our heavenly bodies like on like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. Now, what is a human being right now? A human being is a spirit with a body. You are a spirit first that is inhabiting a physical body in the third dimension. That's what it's saying here. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not what we want to die. It's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared for us this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord, for we live by believing and not by seeing. So what these what is saying here in Second Corinthians, they're alluding to the fact that they understand that there is a reincarnation process that even after you, quote unquote, pass on to your next life. The spirit also then again longs for some type of a corporeal body or they're alluding to the fact that they're looking forward to putting on their new corporeal body. Interesting. Just showing you how some of these texts from religious books line up with ancient teachings and most likely it was taken directly from ancient teachings. Okay. And then here goes Thoth. Thoth says, um, so he's talking about, uh, he began this incarnation, but he says, not as the little men of the present age did, the mighty ones of Atlantis live and die, but rather from eon to eon did they renew their life in the halls of Amenti where the river of life flows eternally onward. That sounds like a that sounds like it made it straight into the Bible. Jesus says in the New Testament, book of John 7:38, he that lives in me out of his being shall flow rivers of living water. That's the same exact statement. Why does Jesus' statement align with what Thoth says? Because he was either a student of Thoth, either he is Thoth or maybe like I suggested in the beginning of this talk Maybe a relative, like a son, potentially. Okay, now here's, here's where it gets interesting, what Thoth says. And Thoth says, A hundred times ten have I descended the dark way that led to light. And as many times as I have ascended from the darkness into the light, my strength and power have been renewed. Now for a time I descend, and the men of Kem shall know me no more. He's talking about descending into the darkness. But he's talking about going down to, into his halls of Amenti. And he's talking about the fact that he uh, is going to uh, transfer his consciousness into different avatar bodies. And then uh, at a specific time, he will return to walk amongst men. But his avatar bodies rejuvenate in these rejuvenating chambers. Pretty interesting stuff. Understand here that men of Kem refers to the people of Egypt. Yet notice that we get our word alchemy from this Egyptian name. 
There are other interesting statements made by the writer Thoth. He says that he has descended into the halls of Amenti where there are there is a generation a regeneration chamber. Certainly, we can understand that the concept of cellular regeneration exists. He says he has spent a total of 10,000 years, 100 times 10, regenerating his avatars over the course of many eons. Thoth also references the river of life, stating, I began this incarnation from eon to eon, where the river of life flows eternally onward. Remember how Jesus makes the same reference in John 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, rivers of living water shall flow through them. They're talking about understanding the mastery of incarnating at will. When Jesus uh, disappears out of the modern day Bible at the age of 12, where does he go? He ends up in Egypt. He ends up in Egypt. And anyone on this live now who's coming with me to Egypt in October, I'm going to take you to the house that Jesus lived in when he went to Egypt to learn the Egyptian mysteries. From who? From Thoth the Atlantean. I'm going to take you to the house. It's actually a, it's a shrine now. I'm going to take you there. You're going to stand in the same place where he stood. You're going to be in the same place where he slept. Okay. People come from all over the world, journey from all uh, pilgrim from you know uh, from all over the world to come and and check out this location and check out this this um what is now turned into a Coptic church, uh, but it's it's a shrine. And so, but he was there to learn the Egyptian mysteries, uh, the ancient mysteries, right? And then from there, he left and went to Tibet to learn uh, Qigong and Reiki, and that was confirmed by the Dalai Lama. And then also he left from there and he went to um, uh, he went to India to learn the mystic arts, teaching reincarnation all the way back. The next thing he the Jesus and the uh, God of the Bible says, uh, I call my son out of Egypt. And then he appears riding in on the back of a donkey as a grown man. Right. Interesting stuff. Now, let me take you into the halls of a because now we're we're getting deep into the understanding. But first, before we do it, let me show you a couple of photos here. Let me break this up a little bit. Let me show you a couple things. All right. Let's see. I came across the halls of Amenti when I went to Egypt. Now, these halls of Amenti are not those halls. This is his father's. This, These halls right here, they're underground. These belong to Enki, E-I-Enki. E-I-Enki is... Uh, the father of Thoth, the Atlantean priest king in the Emerald Tablets, his name is Thotme, T-H-O-T-H-M-E, right? He's uh, the ruler of Undal, and he is um, a master geneticist, according to the ancient tablets that have been left behind. Um, now, what's interesting is he also had his own halls. These people, these advanced beings, they had their own rejuvenation chambers that they would go to store their own avatar bodies, that they would take the time to clone them in some way that we don't understand. They weren't cloned from existing people. They were they fashioned these bodies themselves. And then they would inhabit them and walk amongst men, but unlike a man. Now, what's interesting about this, these halls, you can see how incredible these halls look in terms of the technology used to construct this underground labyrinth. Uh, and this, whoever comes with me in October... And also whoever comes next year with me, because next year, this year, October is sold out. Next year, I'm going to take you to the Halls of Amenti of Enki uh, in October of 2023. So if you want to still get on that trip, there's a few seats left. You got to go to forbiddenknowledge.com. 
slash uh, forbidden tour or forbidden dash tour. Just go to forbiddenknowledge.com with the number four, forbiddenknowledge.com and go to the forbidden tour and you'll be able to register there uh, if you want to go with me in 2023. But we're going to go here to this underground labyrinth. There's no mummies down there. There's no dead bodies down there. There's no buried pharaohs. There's no, there's nothing. You know what's down there? Hall after hall after hall after hall. And what's in those halls? 80 ton granite. Uh, what look like sarcophagus, but they're not sarcophagus. They're actually the uh, the actual rejuvenation chambers. The rejuvenation chambers are in there, and they're they're pristine clean on the inside. I've gotten inside of some of these. And if you have enough strength to climb up and climb over, some of you, we can help you get inside of some of them, all right? But what's interesting is these gigantic 80-ton objects, these ha- these these rejuvenation chambers, there is not enough space to maneuver them through this underground labyrinth. First of all, to get them down there at that weight, and then to get them in their own little tiny alcove that they are tucked into, they fit, they fit snug as a bug in a rug right in these things. How do they get them in there? There's no way to even turn the corner to get them in, which means they materialize them down there. After carving out these halls underground, they then vitrified the rock to make it a, a, a firm structure. And then after they did that, they materialized these gigantic megaton megalith uh, rejuvenation chambers directly into their uh, alcoves. And they were all connected with it through a, a network, energetic network. They were connected, uh, uh, connected energetically down there. You can feel the energy when you go down there. And uh, and then they would get they would get inside of one of these. Thoth would climb inside, or this was Enki's. He would climb inside of one, uh, and and he would transfer his consciousness into one that was already ready to go inside of another one of these halls down there. And then he would get up and climb out of that chamber. But leaving the other body he just left, the other sleeve he just left behind, rejuvenating down there for about 100 years while he climbed it out and walked amongst men in another one. And when that one wore out or got injured or got sick, he'd go drop that one off and go into another one. They had many bodies already established and set and, and waiting for them, for them to be able to just come and take a new sleeve whenever they needed one. Okay? Incredible. Now, let me get back into this. Halls of Amenti, chapter four of my book, Compendium. I'm reading from the Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. Let's see here. <clears throat> Deep in Earth's heart lie the Halls of Amenti, far beneath the island of the sunken Atlantis, Halls of the Dead and Halls of the Living, bathed in the fire of the infinite all, far in a pastime, lost in the space time, the children of light. Look down on the world. These are these beings. The children of light are the these Atlantean people. They look down on the world. From where? From above. Seeing the children of men in their bondage, bound by the force that came from beyond. Knew they that only by freedom from bondage could man ever rise from the earth to the sun. I'm talking about obtaining a higher level of consciousness. But how do you free somebody from bondage? You got to free them from their mental prison. According to Thoth, only free-thinking individuals using their own conscious thoughts can be capable of rising up to a higher level of consciousness. 
By the way, we have a song called Halls of Amenti by myself, Forbidden Knowledge, Donnie Arcade, and Cruz, and Richard Bagner. It's available on all streaming platforms. Just look up Halls of Amenti by Forbidden Knowledge with the number four. Great song. Put it out about four or five years ago. And then Thoth says, down they descended and created bodies. This is 36,000-year-old text, guys. Down they descended and created bodies, taking the semblance of men as their own. So they made bodies that looked like men, like look like us. They didn't say that they stole bodies and inhabited those bodies or, 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 or you know, possessed a body. Like the, like the people out here t- walking around saying that, you know, Thoth is possessing bodies. He's stealing. He could snatch your soul. No. They created their own bodies. Like Avatar, like the movie Avatar. They created their own Avatar bodies and then put their minds inside of them. They didn't snatch any of the indigenous bodies. They made their own. It's the same exact concept and the same exact system as well. Where do you think Avatar got the idea from? They got it from the Halls of Amenti from the Emerald Tablets. Down they descended and created bodies, taking the semblance of men as their own. The masters of everything said after their forming, we are they who were formed from the space dust. We are they who was formed from the space dust, partaking of life from the infinite all, living in the world as children of men. They're living here, walking amongst us right now as children of men, like and yet unlike the children of men. So they're, they say that they like are like men, but unlike a man. They're walking amongst us looking like men. You wouldn't even know the difference. You wouldn't be able to even tell that who you're talking to is a cloned avatar body with a transferred consciousness inside of it. You wouldn't even be able to tell. You have no clue. None. And they're still here doing the same thing. During later ages, the ego of Thoth passed into the bodies of men in the manner described in the tablets. What is his ego? His ego is his consciousness. As such, he incarnated three times in his last being known as Hermes, the thrice born. The Greeks call him Hermes Trismegistus, three times the greatest. He's been, they know he's been incarnated at least three times in their, in their uh, you know, understanding of time. Now, what's interesting about this is we have the 2045 project. The 2045 project is very interesting. The 2045 initiative is a nonprofit organization. We're talking about right now, our current time. The 2045 initiative is a nonprofit organization that develops a network of community of researchers in the field of life extension. The main goal of the 2045 initiative, as stated on its website, 2045.com, is to create technologies enabling the transfer of an individual's personality to a more advanced non-biological carrier and extending life, including to the point of immortality. We devote particular attention to enabling the fullest possible dialogue between the world's major spiritual traditions, science, and society. As evidenced by the information provided on 2045.com, it appears that we are following in the footsteps of the Atlanteans who were seeking eternal life in the physical form. Take a look at some of the goals and initiatives being planned by the group 2045.com, and they've already achieved a couple of these. 
From the year 2015 to 2020, 2045.com would like to create a supply to create and supply the world with affordable Android avatars that will be controlled by a system that links people's brains with computers. They've already transferred a monkey's brain into a computer using that same link. The monkey's body is dead and the monkey thinks it's still alive and it's living inside of a computer. Right now, today, 20 20 to 2025, they would like to create an autonomous life support system in which a human brain can be taken out of the body and kept alive while being linked to a robotic avatar. Their hope is that a person whose body is failing them can live a full life. They're getting getting all this from the tablets. 2030 to 2035, the group at 2045.com wishes to create immortality by building a computer model of the brain that allows human consciousness to be transferred to the artificial carrier, giving everyone the possibility of cybernetic immortality. 2045, by this date, 2045.com, We would like to have established a new era for humanity in which technological brains are transferred minds. Sounds like the halls of a mentee to me. Sounds like the halls of a mentee. Somebody say, yeah, altered carbon, right? And all those shows. What do you think they're getting all these ideas from? Guys, they just read the tablets. They're getting it all from these ancient tablets, 36,000-year-old tablets, saying the same exact stuff. Let's look what DARPA has planned for the... You know, (laughs) the Avatar Project is what they're calling it. DARPA, you know, that's the U.S. military black budget project, right? Of course, they want to they always want to find technology like this and then see how they can actually weaponize it. So DARPA reveals their Avatar program. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, or DARPA, is an agency in the United States Department of Defense responsible for the development of emerging technologies for use by the military. According to Sebastian Anthony of extra, extra, sorry, Extreme Tech News, the Avatar goal, the Avatar Project goal is to work on interfaces and algorithms to enable a soldier to effectively partner with a semi-autonomous bipedal machine and allow it to act as the soldier's surrogate. So what they're saying here is they're going to create uh, a symbiotic consciousness link from a soldier that could be in a bunker somewhere underneath the mountain but he's consciously going to be symbiotically connected spiritually uh, through his consciousness to a, a field robot that is a military field robot that's in battle, whether it's on the ground, whether it's in air, wherever it is. And so they will control this, this robot through their conscious link. And that way, if the robot is destroyed in battle, the link is severed and the, and the, uh, uh, and the, um, the soldier is still alive. That's what they're doing. Okay. DARPA wants to develop the walking. DARPA wants to develop the walking equivalent of an unarmed aerial vehicle, a bipedal robot drone, where the controlling soldier is hundreds or even thousands of miles away from the war front using a consciousness link. Okay? Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting, guys. So what is this telling you? We're talking about the fact that <laughs> this halls of a mentee and this transfer of consciousness, it's a realistic concept. So if you hear it in the ancient text and you don't know about the technology part that's going on right now in this era, and you hear somebody talk, these these ancient 
beings were talking about transferring their consciousness. Now, that's way out there, I man. That's that's psychobabble. Oh, really? Well, let's open up the science books because right now there's theoretical physicists and scientists and biologists working on this today, and they've already achieved it with, with the monkey. Transferred the monkey into a computer. So what are we talking about? We're talking about reality all of a sudden. We're talking about real science all of a sudden. We're talking about understanding that you can take a person's mind and move it around from place to place and keep it uh, consistent, keep it the same, keep it the same exact frequency, which makes that particular consciousness uh, what we consider to be a unique individual, right? And so this is powerful stuff because we're seeing now that the only thing that has slowed us down to this point was storage capacity, the ability to to take all that information from one's consciousness and store it on a device that can then move it from place to place. Well, now we've already overcome that issue with storage capacity, whereby we used to have an issue with being able to store large amounts of data. All of a sudden, that problem is gone. We have DNA hard drives now. A DNA hard drive. A DNA drive the size of my cell phone can store thousands of petabytes. A phone this size can probably store the information contained on every person's mind in the entire planet. That's how much storage capacity it, it, it would have. Compactified uh, biological uh, semiconductors with a DNA hard drive built into it. Storage capacity is is, is ridiculous. It's almost unlimited. You have, you stack these together. You stack a few of these together. These let's say these are all. Let's say these are all memory cells, storage cells. All of a sudden, you can store everything that exists in the entire solar system on those three phones if, if that was the DNA hard drive. DNA hard drive is the wave of the future. You connect the DNA hard drive now to a quantum computer, which we're now developing and have a few of them in test mode. You combine the quantum computer with the DNA storage capacity, and all of a sudden, you have the capacity to do teleportation. You have the capacity, you know, beam me up, Scotty. Uh, transfer of consciousness, all these things become instantaneously possible. You know, uh, uh, sentient spacecraft that can fly, that have feelings and emotions and everything else. I mean, the, 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 the probabilities are totally endless. But the fact is, these beings were doing this back over 36,000 years ago. They literally were creating avatar bodies. And then they were inhabiting them and then they would walk amongst men, but unlike a man. And you'd be talking to them and and you wouldn't even know you were talking to somebody that wasn't even from this planet. Just like the man that fell to earth, that new show on Amazon that just came out. Uh, it's an amazing series. You, you got to watch it. It's the newest version of the man that fell to earth. It's an old classic. But what they did was they said, OK, let's remake this. And so they have a, an amazing actor. He's very. He's got a very hard name to pronounce. Um, the black guy from uh, Doctor Strange. He was uh, initially he was Doctor Strange's mentor in the first Doctor Strange. Right. Uh, his name is very hard to pronounce. He's been in a lot of movies. He's been in the movies with Denzel Washington and everybody else. Great actor. Uh, however, he is now an alien from outer space, uh, and it's written in a way where it's um, it's it's a whole new way of understanding an alien, understanding space travel understanding what a spacesuit is because his spacesuit looks like a human being. That's his spacesuit. His spacesuit looks, makes him look like he's a human being right down to the eyeballs of the, the skin, the nose, everything mannerisms, the whole, the whole, the whole thing. 
His spacesuit is actually an avatar. Pretty cool stuff. So, you know, it's a living, it's a living, it's a living exterior suit. And underneath it is his real self. Pretty incredible. But you got to check it out. The man that fell to earth. It's a, I think it's an Amazon Prime original series. You got to check. I think it have eight or nine episodes out right now. Um, so check it out. But let me see if I can pull up something else here. Now, what's interesting is right here, I'm inside of Ramsey's the second tomb. And you can see what the, a regular tomb looks like. Right there behind me was uh, the sarcophagus, which had the mummy in it. Let's see if I can get it come back here. Hold on. I'm kind of moving the camera all around. Right there behind me. You can kind of see in the corner. It's not as big as these, what I was showing you over here. These are super massive. Super massive. Let me see if I can get a, another shot here of one of these suckers. Hold on. Let's check this out. Slides. All right. Here is another one. You see how tight that is in there? This 80 ton, um, this 80 ton rejuvenation chamber. You can't even turn the corner to get it in there. If you did find a way to get it down that deep and down the hall to get it turned into that corner, you wouldn't be able to do it. You just couldn't do it. And you can't make it down there because to make granite top and a bottom, a granite top and bottom of that size and that magnitude, you would need uh, a piece of granite probably the size of the room I'm sitting in, probably a 35 by 50 uh, room. Just a, a granite would need to be that big and that massive to carve it down to the size that's here. And so before I get there, let me show you. See if this video has, can play here. Forbidden knowledge, guys. I'm inside of the Serapium at Saqqara. This place is incredible. First of all, there's things in here you wouldn't even imagine could exist. The lid on this sarcophagus is super massive. It weighs about 70 tons. The base weighs about another 80 tons. The two together, well over 100 tons of granite from Aswan which is about maybe 200 miles, maybe 300 miles away from here. We're in the middle of the desert. Not only that, how did they get into this narrow area and set it in here like this? And what was it for? Why create something this massive in a place like this? The answers are on Forbidden Knowledge TV. ForbiddenKnowledge.tv some of y'all are going to get a chance to come to the Halls of Amenti with me. Uh, and that's going to be in October of 2022. That trip was sold out. We have another one coming October 2023. If you want to go to that trip, I'll type the link in here. Um, Egypt tour. I'll drop it in the chat for you. They go to 2023, though. Uh, 2023. I'm typing in the link for you right now, just in case. Forbidden tour. All right. I can say, guys, you know, like, you know, guys, I go to these places in person. I don't, <laughs> I'm not one of these online YouTube researchers. I actually get, I go out there in person. I go interact with the indigenous people. I get with the sages, the bushmen. I get with the pyramid priests. 
I get with the, I get with directly with the people. I go talk to the people. I sat with Aboriginal elders in the middle of the outback in Australia. I go get with the people that have the real knowledge. I don't want to hear about I saw it on the YouTube. I don't want to hear about I saw it on this thing or no, I want to go and I'm going to go get the information for you guys and I'm going to go in person and I'm going to bring back the wisdom. That's how I do it. Because not everybody is going to get a chance to go to these places. Not everybody can get a chance to do this. It could be either financial situation. It could be work situation. It could be relationship situation. It could be a health situation. There's many reasons why people can't get out to some of these places. So I make it my business while I have the capability to move around this planet and maneuver around this planet and travel and go places to go get the real information, right? We just climbed down about 125, 130 meters into the bent pyramid of the shore. And as soon as we got to the base, after crawling literally on my hands and knees a quarter of a mile, we've got to go up now, <laughs> probably about a tenth of a mile, which is not too bad. So I heard there's bats up there. So we're going to see what's going on in the temple, in the bent pyramid that they call a temple of the shore. We'll see what's up there. I'm climbing through the, the I climbed 1.5 miles through the bent pyramid. On this here, I'm actually ascending up to an upper chamber, but uh, a lot of it was on the descending, and uh, a lot of it was hand and toes uh, bear crawl. Bear crawled 1.5 miles inside of this pyramid through all kind of shafts and chambers. Uh, you wouldn't believe. So. Um, Incredible place. Whoever has enough strength, when you guys come with me in October, if you have enough strength, then you you have enough resilience because crawling for 1.5 miles is not easy. <laughs> and so you got to be in shape. And so if you can't, you'll just take pictures on the outside or come to the front entrance of the actual first, the, the big shaft. Take a lot of great photos. Some people will get a chance to go down inside the bent pyramid with me uh, and we'll go take a journey. Uh, into the into the bent into the depths of the bent pyramid, and then we'll climb inside the interior shafts. I know the way to the apex on the inside of the pyramid. That's an amazing. Now the bent pyramid is actually a diagnostics tool, like an MRI machine. It's very similar to a CAT scan type of a machine. It's a machine. The bent pyramid is a machine. It's not what people think it is. It's an actual diagnostic tool to diagnose illnesses and injuries in human beings and it creates a resonant frequency on the inside and there's a, a place that the physician would stand at the top which i would take you to and he would look over from there and he would be able to see a holographic image of the of the person and then be able to see exactly what was wrong with them it creates the resonance inside of here depending on where you put the person and the amount of water you add uh and the ratio the frequency the cymatic frequency ratio that two-to-one frequency ratio that it has, it creates a harmonic resonance that then creates a resonant with the subatomic structure of the vibrating atoms in your body, which then creates an actual hologram for the physician at the top to see exactly what's wrong with you. Pretty interesting stuff. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of cool stuff going on um, in, in Egypt. But the halls of Amenti are real. They've been discovered. And I found one that we can actually even get access to. A lot of people wouldn't call it that until they until they understand the, the history behind what it is and what and what's been told by the mainstream lie to cover it up that it's been used to bury bulls. There's no bulls in there. These things are pristine clean. There's no bull bones inside of these 
and these massive things. You wouldn't even need one that large anyway, in most cases, to put the bull in. Pretty, pretty interesting. And again, to get them in there, you have to materialize them in there. You can't move them in there. Now, oh, let me take that out. That's not what I want. I want to go to this image here. Let me go back to the PowerPoint for a second because I want to show you guys something amazing in the halls of a Menti. Let's go back. Um, okay, how do you go to this here? Slides. Okay. All right. Now, right here, if you can see this, um, I know the image is a little small here because it's a narrow, upright image. But where my hand is, I'm in back of one of the alcoves. I'm inside of one of the halls. I'm in back of the actual sarcophagus. Now, this rejuvenation, it's really a rejuvenation chamber. Now, this one is the only one that even the priests that guard it will tell you that it has uh, stargates on it, rectangular stargates. On every single side, there's rectangular stargates. So that my hand is actually touching one of the inscriptions, which represents a gate. But also what it's touching, it's touching solid granite that's warped. Warped as if an energy signature hit it and somehow uh, modified or changed the atomic structure of the granite, allowing it to warp and bend without cracking. Now, I don't know if you understand granite and how hard granite is. And how 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 tough it is to even form it or shape it into these amazing shapes, but then to be able to even have anything that can dent and warp granite as if, as if it was as if it was fluid. Now, what's interesting about this in front of me, where you can't see the where the where the person is standing that took this photo, there is a there's a uh, a wall in the back of that hall. Now that wall. Has a, has a gigantic opening in it that you can see has been something something energetic came through it and formed this opening that came through it. That beam that came through the back wall of that hall is what hit this sarcophagus, this rejuvenation chamber, and actually warped it, warped solid granite. I don't know if you understand. <laughs> I wish I could make you understand. You can't warp granite. You cannot do this. You just can't. It would it would crack and break before it warped like this. It's wavy as if it turned into liquid. Okay? Now, what does that tell us? It tells us that an energetic beam of some type, an exotic energy beam, came through that back wall and hit this rejuvenation chamber. Now, folk talks about having the capability of going into his underground chambers and traveling from place to place, not only on Earth, but even to other places. And so he has these portals. I remember I went to Tula, Mexico. I think it was 2015. I was in Tula and I went to his uh, uh, one of his homes. He has actually several homes. This was a, his house is a pyramid, of course. And then on top are Toltecs, but underneath he lived inside. But in the back, there was a stargate, a rectangular stargate, just like these. And the indigenous people there and even the guide said he would walk into that 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 fake door and stand there and then vanish. Where would he reappear? Places like this in the halls of Amenti. 
Imagine he's coming back and he's coming to this hall or his, or his dad Enki's coming to this halls of Amenti, uh, halls of Amenti and the portal opens up and it actually the energetic beam from the portal over this this uh this stable wormhole uh creates some type of energetic beam that breaks through the back hall and then hits this uh hits this uh rejuvenation chamber and it actually warps 80 tons of granite like it was just butter incredible incredible stuff looking forward to you guys coming with me whoever's coming with me you're going to be blessed because these are amazing things that less than one one less than one tenth of one percent of the planet first of all even know this exists and less than one percent one less than one tenth of one percent of those people will ever have a chance to walk in here and touch it okay we're talking about a finite amount number of people based on the 8 billion uh, you know, population on Earth will ever get to see this and actually touch it with their own hands. All right? It's going to be incredible. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, and then also, guys, don't forget, coming up, I have a UFO hunt. So I have a UFO hunt where myself and Jimmy Church have hunted for UFOs before and have documented them, recorded them, and uploaded videos of them. And it's a very stable location to consistently find UFOs. So we're going on a very special UFO hunt, September 16th through 18th. And it's for forbidden knowledge, black card holders only. You have to be a black card holder. How do you become a black card holder? You have to mint 10 NFTs. We have right now, I think, six NF- black card NFT holders coming on this trip. Uh, but to do that, you got to go to forbiddingclub.com with the number four, forbiddingclub.com. And you have to mint 10 NFTs, and then you screenshot those NFTs on your MetaMask wallet, and you email them to business at forbiddenknowledge.com so we can send out your black card. We just sent the black card out today. So I'm going to tell you here in the chat, guys, HTTP colon slash slash forbiddenclub.com so you get your NFTs. Mint 10. I'm a black card holder. After you do that, you're going to email business at forbiddenknowledge.com. Screenshot of your NFTs. Get your black card out and we'll get you a special invite to come join us on the UFO hunt. Doesn't cost you any money. You just got to get there uh, and get your hotel. We're going to take you on a very special trip into the desert and we're going to show you some UFOs. We're going to bring some very high-tech equipment with us that's going to allow us to see in different wavelengths of light. And we're going to record these as well. It's going to be a great event, so you don't want to miss it, okay? It's going to be an amazing weekend, all right? It's the Forbidden UFO Hunt for NFT black card holders only. It'll be myself and Jimmy Church out there. We'll be your guides in the desert, and that's the desert in California. It's an amazing place, all right? Don't miss out on that, guys. Um, also, if you haven't invested in forbidden knowledge yet, this is your last chance to invest in round two. I think my logo is covering the number two. You can scan this QR code. I'll drop the link for you right now. We had a lot of people. We went live talking about this. We had over 260 people contact us, begging us to, uh, allow them to invest. They didn't, they missed the opportunity to invest. And they didn't get a chance to do it, so forth and so on. And um, one lady was crying. And a few other people were really somber about it. And after getting that much of a response, we said, okay, we um, we filed for an extension to open it back up. 
and uh, it's opened up for only a, for a short period of time. And it closes, guys, it closes. We'll be moving on to round three. So a lot of people just didn't have the money yet to, put, to, to buy shares. So we opened it back up for, for the people to give you another chance, one last chance at $1.50 a share before we move into round three. Uh, obviously, you know, who don't, if you don't know about this, we are going public next year. We're going to NASDAQ. We're shooting for NASDAQ. We're going to uplist. We're going to go from a Reg CF to a Reg A plus next. That'll be our round three. And then from there, we're going to uplist. And uh, we're shooting for NASDAQ first, the second quarter of 2023. And at that point, which those shares will be tradable on the stock exchange. You don't got to be a genius to figure this one out, guys. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. So, uh, you know, I dropped the link in the chat. If you have the opportunity to do it, make sure you do it. It's your last chance to get in on round two. Last chance. Here's round two. I dropped the link one more time for you guys. Or you can go to forbiddenknowledge.com slash invest. If you're listening to this audio somewhere. ForbiddenKnowledge.com with the number four dot com slash invest, or just go to ForbiddenKnowledge.com and click on the invest link and read the whole proposal, read the whole uh, prospectus, download the offering statement, read everything, get all the information. It's all public knowledge, publicly available. Our valuation was twenty million dollars. It went to thirty million dollars, and now uh, we're under a brand new uh, CPA audit now to see where it's going to end up as we try to uplist into this uh, Reg A plus which will be our round three. And then we're moving into uh, an uplist into NASDAQ. So a lot of great things going on over here at Forbidden Knowledge TV and Forbidden Knowledge Inc. You don't want to miss out. If you don't have this book, I'm telling you guys, you want to get it. Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. All right. Compendium of the Emeralds. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. The book is still a bestseller for a reason. It's a bestseller in five countries for a reason. A lot of great information in this book. I can sit here and talk to you for hours and hours and hours just going through three or four pages. Okay. A lot of great reviews on this book from a lot of big name people. George Nuri from Coast to Coast AM. Billy Carson is an amazing researcher that I have admired for a very long time. There we go. Here goes Eric Von Daniken. I am so impressed with your work and your research. It was a pleasure. Eric Von Daniken, best-selling author chariots of the gods i'm getting ready to go meet eric von daniken again he's obviously a friend of mine but i'm gonna go visit with him in switzerland next week um and just so many other great uh uh you know reviews that are actually in the book and tons of them online i think there's 16 or 1700 five-star reviews on amazon all right uh so if you don't have the book you want to get the book it's an amazing book not just because i wrote it but because the information really truly is uh, enlightening. And the more you read it, the more enlightened you become. Even myself, I go through it myself and I see more and more things that I didn't realize the last time. And I'm probably on three or 400 times passing through this thing. So we're talking about a lot of wisdom, a lot of understanding, a lot of amazing, uh, ancient wisdom and esoteric teachings that are really on the cusp of ascension knowledge. It's, it can help a person get from here to here in a very short period of time, depending on how they apply themselves. I'm going to type it in here now in the chat. Compendium of the Emerald Tablets. Drop the link for you. You can take advantage of it. It makes a great gift as well. 
book is a bestseller in five countries, number two in the United States, number four in the UK. Uh, it's like number eight or nine in uh, in Japan. I think it's number six in Sweden. It's number uh, it's number 14 in Canada. I mean, it's crazy. People love this book and people who don't even know who I am. Why? Because the information is so enlightening and so it's so deep. And the more you go into it, the deeper it gets. But the more avenues of enlightenment open up in your mind. OK, you just have to get this book. Before I sign out today, I'm going to read the preface one more time here, a preface of the book. And then I got to go and get my dinner. And I got to continue back to my work that I was doing. By the way, Jimmy Church wrote the foreword to this book. Thank you, Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy Church. JimmyChurchRadio.com. Let's see here. Where's my... uh... I went through this book so many times. I hope this isn't the one that I tore some of the pages out of. I think it is. Okay, here we go. Oh, now I have it. Yeah. Well, it's hot in here. Goodness. Okay, hold on, guys. I'm just trying to get to the exact one I want to start with. Let me pull, I, I ripped pages out of that book. I was making a, I was scanning images in, scanning images of the pages in for somebody. <laughs> Let me pull it up over here on my uh, computer for my actual document file. And then I'm going to read through it real quick for you guys. Let me turn this air back on down here. They're getting hot in here. Wow. All right, here we go. Hope you guys are learning something. It's a lot of information. It's a lot of information. It's so much. It can be overwhelming, but if you really take the time to sit down and try to absorb the knowledge and try to understand it by taking the time to break down information in there, meditate on it, and then research, even if it's one line at a time, research one paragraph at a time. Take the time to really truly seek the wisdom and the knowledge. You'll find that uh, it's it's pretty incredible, the story that we're talking about here. Ancient peoples from tens of thousands of years ago um, actually, you know, interacting and engaging mankind and leaving behind these ancient accounts of information that really truly almost kind of defy, you know, what we think is it could be possible, you know? I'm going to read the preface to you guys. <clears throat> the history of the tablets translated in the following pages is strange and beyond the belief of modern scientists. Their antiquity is stupendous, dating back some 36,000 years B.C. The writer is Thoth, the Atlantean priest king, who founded a colony in ancient Egypt after the sinking of the mother country. He was the builder of the Great Pyramid of Giza, erroneously attributed to Cheops. In it, he incorporated his knowledge of the ancient wisdom 
Also, he secu- uh, securely secreted records and instruments of Atlantis. For some 16,000 years, he ruled the ancient race of Egypt from approximately 52,000 B.C. to 36,000 B.C. That's 14,000 years he ruled, guys. At that time, the ancient barbarous race, among which he and his followers had settled, had been raised to a high degree of civilization. Thoth was an immortal in that he had conquered death, passing only when he willed, and even then not through death. His vast wisdom made him ruler over the vast Atlantean colonies. You see, Atlantis was not just a ring city on the Atlantic Ocean. Atlantis was a global civilization on Earth. The ring city was just one capital of dozens of capitals that existed on Earth at the same exact time. Just so you know, people say, where's Atlantis? It's right under our feet. No matter where you are on Earth, you're on the top of Atlantis. Everyone right now is on top of Atlantis. We all are. We're sitting on top of it. We're standing on top of it right now. His vast wisdom made him ruler of the various Atlantean colonies, including the ones in South and Central America. When the time came for him to leave Egypt, he erected the Great Pyramid over the entrance to the Great Halls of Amenti, placed in it his records and appointed guards for his secrets from among the high priests of his people. In later times, the descendants of these guards became the pyramid priests, by which Thoth was deified as a god of wisdom. So Thoth didn't call himself a god. These pyramid priests, after, you know, generations of them, maybe two generations later of pyramid priests, you kind of brought born into it, that title, that job. Uh, Thoth had gone, left, went somewhere, gone for some time for inhuman standards some time. And so the people then deified him. You see how we do this? We always want to make somebody into a god right away. Oh, he's a god. He's a, he's a, he's a god. No, he's just a man with advanced knowledge. The recorder by those in the age of darkness, which followed in his passing, in legend, the halls of Amenti became the underworld, the halls of the gods, where the soul passed after death for judgment. You see how the Egyptian got their whole, the whole teachings that we get now in mainstream, uh, mainstream media, mainstream TV shows about the ancient Egyptians is that they're going into the underworld and they're, they're putting themselves in tombs so they can travel into the, the solar boat, into the underworld and all this kind of stuff. It all came from the Emerald Tablets. But it came by basically the people twisting the information and then saying this is what it meant when it actually it didn't mean that. During the later ages, the ego of Thoth, that's his consciousness, Pass into the bodies of men in the manner described in the tablets. As such, he incarnated three times in his last being known as Hermes the Thrice Born. In this incarnation, he left the writings known, at, known to modern occultists as the Emerald Tablets, a later and far lesser exposition of the ancient mysteries. These are an exposition of the ancient mysteries. That's why they're so powerful. The tablets translated in this work are 10, which were left in the Great Pyramid in the custody of the pyramid priests. The 10 are divided into 13 parts for the sake of convenience. The last two are so great and far-reaching in their import that at present it is forbidden to release them to the world at large. Well, since that time, I was able to get those last two. And guess where they're located, guys? They were in the compendium of the Emerald Tablets. They were in my book. However, in those contained therein are secrets which will provide inestimable value for the serious student. But now a word as to how these mighty secrets came to be revealed to the modern man after being hidden so long. 
some 1300 years BC, uh, in ancient Egypt, in ancient Kim, was in turmoil, and the many delegations of priests were sent to other parts of the world. Among these were some of the pyramid priests who carried with them the emerald tablets as a talisman by which they could exercise authority over the less advanced priestcraft and races of descendants uh, after the Atlantean colony. So they used, the, they used the emerald tablets as a form of power to dominate over people. They already twisted it. You see how they twisted it already? They took the knowledge and wisdom inside the tablets and used it to dominate people because they realized how much power it had. The tablets were understood from legend to give the bearer of authority. I'm sorry, the, the tablets were understood from legend to give the bearer authority from Thoth. The particular group of priests being the tablets, the particular group of priests bearing the tablets, I'm sorry, I'm tired and hungry, emigrated to South America where they found a flourishing race, the Mayas, who remembered much of the ancient wisdom. Among these, the priests settled and remained. And in the 10th century, the Mayas had thoroughly settled the Yucatan and the tablets were placed beneath the altar of one of the great temples of the sun god. After the conquest of the Mayas, the Spaniards, by the Spaniards, the cities were abandoned and the treasures of these temples forgotten. It should be understood that the Great Pyramid of Egypt has been and still is the temple of initiation into the mysteries. That's why it's so important to go into the Great Pyramid. That's why we're going into the Great Pyramid when I take everyone there this October. We're going to go into it. So it's part of the initiation process into the Great Mysteries. Jesus, Solomon, Apollonius, and others were initiated there. The writer, who has a connection with the Great Lodge, which also works through the Pyramid Priesthood, was instructed to recover and return the great, uh, return them to the Great Pyramid in the ancient tablets. So they, they sent this guy, Doriel, to go back to Mesoamerica, to, to Mexico, Yucatan, and collect these tablets and bring them back to Egypt where they belong. This, after adventures which need not be detailed here, were accomplished, before returning them, he was given permission to translate and retain a copy of the wisdom engraved in the tablets. This was done in 1925, and only now has permission been given for part to be published. It is expected that many will scoff, yet the true student will read between the lines and gain wisdom. If the light is in you, the light which is engraved in these tablets will respond. If the light is in you, the light which is engraved in these tablets will respond. Now a word as to the material aspect of the tablets. They consist of 12 tablets of emerald green formed from a substance created through alchemical transmutation. They are imperishable, resistant to all elements and substances. In effect, the atomic and cellular structure is fixed, no change ever taking place. In this respect, they violate the material law of ionization. Upon them are engraved characters in the ancient Atlantean language, characters which respond to the attuned thought waves, releasing the associated mental vibration in the mind of the reader. The tablets are fastened together with hoops of golden colored alloy suspended from a rod of the same material. So much for the material appearance. The wisdom contained therein is the foundation of the ancient mysteries. And for the one who reads with open eyes and open mind, his wisdom shall be increased a hundredfold. Read, believe it or not, but read. And the vibration found therein 
will awaken a response in your soul. Powerful stuff, guys. Powerful stuff. All right. Thanks for hanging out with me this evening. Uh, It's a great talk. The Compendium of the Emerald Tablets, the Secrets of the Halls of Amenti, they're real, they exist. There weren't just one Halls of Amenti, there were many. Each particular ancient god, which were really these Anunnaki Atlantean people, they had their own halls. And in those halls, they would create their own clone bodies, and then they would transfer their consciousness into body after body after body, giving them the illusion to people, to human beings, that they were immortal, when in true reality, they just had advanced technology. Something that we're working on now today in our current society, as I told you, and as I read through some of the uh, current projects that are going on with learning how to do the same exact thing and some of the some of the success that we've already had. We're moving in the same exact direction of rediscovering ancient technology that already has existed for many eons, probably even for millions of years. We're just now catching up. All right. So human beings are really the new kids on the block. Homo sapien, us. We're the new kids on the block. We just got here. We've been on this planet for less than a blink of an eye. And in less than 100 uh, years, we went from a horse buggy and carriage to putting remote control cars on Mars. So we have the capability of moving very fast and very rapidly because innately we have that level of consciousness and that level of technology already encoded into our DNA. It's just now awakening. And you can see the explosion of technology on the planet because of the awakening of that uh, of that technological mindset that we have it's already it's encoded into us and it really is all just fractals everything we create in the physical form is just a fractal of what of what exists in the spiritual form we just find a way to create it in a way that we can manipulate it uh easier without having to really tap into our true divine knowledge and wisdom and it's almost a, it's almost a lazy way out all right but anyway guys we appreciate you guys thank you for everyone that has ordered a book and thank you to everyone that brings the books when I go speak at conferences and lectures for me to sign. I'll be releasing the Forbidden Tour of Egypt, uh, the Forbidden Tour. Sorry, I'm doing that already. The Forbidden World Tour, <laughs> where I'll be going to uh, several states in the, in the U.S. and several countries. And when that schedule comes out, if you're able to attend, please bring your book and I'll be able to sign your book for you in person. We'll take a nice photo. All right, guys, thanks a lot for spending time with me tonight. It's Time for me to eat my food and get back to work, all right? I love you guys. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for all those donations tonight. We're looking forward to helping out, again, the underprivileged children. And the video for that is editing right now. It's almost done and will be uploading it probably sometime next week. All the chat donations that you guys put in over the last eight months all went to helping underprivileged children. You're going to hear from some of those kids in about a week, all right? Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Love you. Peace. Catch you later. This is Billy Carson with ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. Forbidden Knowledge TV has just reached its one year anniversary. That's right. One year. And as a show of appreciation, we are giving all new subscribers a free 30 day trial of ForbiddenKnowledge.tv. 
That's 30 days to binge watch thousands of movies, documentaries, conferences, workshops, lectures, yoga classes, meditation courses, and so much more. So log on to ForbiddenKnowledge.tv from your computer or mobile device or get the Forbidden Knowledge TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play today and use coupon code 30 days free. That's coupon code 30 days free on ForbiddenKnowledge.tv today.